Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. This is um, this is a tougher podcast than usual because, as you can probably hear, uh, we're in a festival grounds today, and um, all I can say is that the noise. There might be some swearing in this episode in the background. I hope not, but it's been really hard to actually work out like the best time to film and record and do this podcast. So I hope you enjoy it, whether you're watching on YouTube or whether you're listening over on Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music and Google Play. So many places that I didn't realise podcasts were now. But I hope you enjoy it. Um, I hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoyed the last. I think I put three episodes out now. I think it's free. Um, if you are, oh, this is something I need to sort out as well. Shout out to James Britt um, who noticed it. But sometimes I do this, and it's like in your ears must be horrible. I don't do it intentionally, but I need to concentrate on not doing that. Um, in fact, I should probably have a drink um, at ready, but um, I don't. There we go. I did it again. <laughs> okay, so um, I wanted to give a shout out this week to Sue to Johnny and to Greta for um, this week's questions about what you guys want me to talk about and and the discussion for this week. So if you guys are new here, this podcast is pretty new to be fair. So um, what you guys can do is leave um, a comment or you can leave a voice note. My favorite one to do is leaving a voice note on the Anchor podcasting app. If you don't have it, um, I recommend downloading it. It's got some really good podcasts. It's where I distribute these podcasts, but it also allows you to leave like a voice note. So I can include those into this week's show. Um, the ones that I got sent in, mainly from James Britt, are all pretty rude because <laughs> he didn't realize they were like a public thing. So I'm not going to include any this week. <laughs> in fact, I might insert a little snippet at some point. I need to work out how to do it. But yeah, if you guys want to leave a comment, but in your comment, just ask a question. Ask anything that I can talk about, about the bus, about musicians that are on the bus, about where we're at. Um, at the beginning of each episode, I just do a little update about where I am, which I'm going to do in a second. Um, a little update about where I am, what we're doing, um, what's happened since we last spoke to you. And then um, on the Sunday podcasts, um, which are also a weekly thing, we have uh, a musician or an interview or somebody else that comes in sits on the sofa and we just chat for an hour uh, we're just under an hour with a drink about about their thing and hopefully you guys can gain a lot of knowledge from from hearing them speak that's like the intention of it so today we are at uh where are we now uh, last week was dimensions festival and now we've just checked into outlook festival um, hence all the noise we're actually on the same site so dimensions festival is like a techno kind of festival we're well, not really our scene but it was really really interesting and really cool to actually get in on that and just like i don't know i think it's a good thing to like listen to new artists and listen to new music that you don't normally listen to especially as a musician it's really great for like um inspiration and actually i wrote a real like disco house funk tune and um, which i've never done before um so I will hopefully stick some of that maybe in a maybe in a maybe in a vlog like on Tuesdays I do like tutorials but I try and do the tutorials about something that I've done that week or with somebody that is maybe a singer and and like last week for example um with Marley Hayes we did a tutorial on how to do uh, how to set up a microphone and what's needed and the equipment you need to do that um as a starting like musician an upcoming artist that wants to record their music a bit more professionally which everyone can do now because it's cheap um so um this week a lot of people um wanted to ask well a lot of people were asking on instagram mainly um 
the comments I'm mainly going to listen to in terms of like what we're going to talk about are going to be on YouTube. So, um, sorry, YouTube and on Anchor Podcasting. Um, I don't know if you can comment on like Spotify. I know you can leave a review on Spotify and Apple Music. So if you if you want to leave a review, if you enjoy these and you want uh, to help us push these out to more people, let Apple and Spotify and all those places know that you've enjoyed it by leaving a review and a rating and if you can leave a comment and great i will try and read all well i will read all the comments and if there's a question for next week i will stick it in but greta asked this question um about how we got to where we are now on the bus Um, and it's something i forget to talk about quite a lot because i'm so used to the bus now i'm used to this way of life and it doesn't come into my mind and this is silly because i should do to give you give people an update for all of our new followers I, I can't expect you to all scroll down through the instagram through the facebook page and like see what we're about so uh, greta asked um what how we how we got to to where we are now so i bought this bus uh how long ago now probably like 13 months just over a year it was july 2017 i got this bus and uh, i spent nine months doing it up I've been living into it, uh, living into it, living in it for, I don't know how long now, probably like four weeks. So been living it, sorry, not four weeks, four months. Um, I've been living in this bus now. And um, yeah, it was, it was tough. I had the help from my dad. Um, he helped massively with like walls. He built this staircase for those of you that are looking on um, YouTube now. Any of you that might have seen um, the build. I actually made a playlist of like videos from doing the build. So if you want to see what this thing looked like, definitely head to YouTube. There's a playlist called, I think it's just called Made on the Road Van or Made on the Road Bus. And uh, yeah, it's sick. It's it's really cool to have, have documented it so I can look back because I, I actually not long ago looked back at the first video and I was like, how did I buy this thing thinking it was a good idea uh, but of course now I'm, I really think it was a great idea um, now I'm actually out here and it's all complete but yeah it took nine months to do so dad helped with quite a th- he's a carpenter um, so he did like the walls he did the staircase and he helped with like the little details so like his team of people helped um, with the the cupboards and like the trims the oak bits that look really cool uh, just updating everything so it was good to have like a carpenter's mind in on that um, and even just like tips with like these tables in front of me fold down so that we get loads of extra space and just knowing somebody that can tell me what hinges I need what brackets I need and stuff like that was great so a uh, huge shout out to Papa Smurf to uh, to Martin Holiday. so thank you so much for your help um, when I was Buying the bus, I think this is probably a good thing to mention. When I bought the bus, I actually thought it was going to be, um, well, it was going to be a van. It was going to be a sprinter van. And the reason I wanted to do the build in the first place was because I kept seeing my friends, my musician friends, playing guitar and singers. They used to get on planes and they used to fly out to like really cool locations and like sit on a beach or sit on a mountain and record and write. A, well, no, no, they didn't record. They wrote a song. And I was always so jealous, like seeing them on the Instagram stories, like I'm here and I'm there. And I couldn't do that because I'm a keys player, I'm a piano player um, by by heart, should I say. And uh, and now I'm a keyboard player. I love synths and, and, and Fender Rhodes and organ sounds and stuff like that. So although I still, although, although piano is my first love, um, I, I found that I just couldn't get to exotic places. I couldn't get to adventurous places to to write and, and do adventurous things. So... Um, I was going to build a sprinter van with a studio in it. And once I had the studio in there, um, I was going to just like travel the world writing music. But it, I wasn't going to live in the van. It was going to be more like um, 
uh, like living in hotels, I guess, or hostels, or I'd just travel around that way. And then it just got like completely out of hand. My mum actually found this bus. She knew I was looking online for a van, and um, she found this this bus, and she was like, "I don't know if this is a bit too extreme." But I think I might have something. So she showed me anyway. And she was like, this could be cool for this. And like, my mum's normally like a super sensible person. She, I, she would never have been the person I would have thought of, of like showing me a bus, an ex-library bus um, that is seven and a half tons, 10 meters long, and uh, needed a lot of work. It needed a lot of work. So... Um, yeah, she put it forward and then I booked a viewing, which was like an hour away from my house, which was really convenient. So went to see it and I'm pretty much there and then put a deposit down <laughs> straight away. Uh, you can see all of that bit in, in the vlog, actually. It's a really fun vlog to watch back on um, where I first went to look at it. And then I went back again with my parents to, to show them exactly the ideas I was having. And they fully supported it. They were like, yeah, I think, I think it would be a great canvas to build a studio in <laughs> and um, the thing that I think uh, is, is crazy as well so the guy I bought it from uh, was selling it through a place that actually sells like brand new caravans they don't normally do secondhand things and um, they said they said that I think it was a friend of theirs that was trying to sell it um, he'd partly started converting it so there was like the rough like the ceiling was like half down they'd put like a L-shaped sofa in it's actually back to front to the way it is now but they put like an L-shaped sofa in and a TV on the wall a dodgy bed at the back and it was like there was some basics there but I mean we still stripped it right the way down to the the metal work the framework and then rebuilt the whole thing back up um, so not much of it stayed but it was a good like starting point to see like what it could be it was very outdated it was horrible <laughs> I definitely recommend going and watching the video um so he won the lottery, believe it or not. The guy who owned it before, he won the lottery and um, he was just, I guess, I guess he was just like, I'm just going to buy a new RV. <laughs> Why spend time? I guess he was like, an, he was an older chap. So I, I imagine he was just like, nah, I don't want to build an RV. I'm just going to buy one. So um, sold it to me for, they wanted £13,000 for it. It was about €15,000 just under. And... Um, there was like the back tires were nearly worn out and I did some research and the back tires were going to cost me 400 pound each. Um, and there's four tires on the back alone. Um, the tires were wearing out. It was, there was rust underneath on some, some bits. Um, I, I wanted it to have an MOT. So I knew it was safe. There were some electrical bits that weren't safe that I needed fixing. Um, lots of little things like that, but they added up to like a lot of money, like probably three, 4,000 pounds worth of work. So Anyway, I said I, I gave them a list of things that I wanted doing. Um, my my uncle works in or worked in the RAF um, on trucks, quite similar to this uh, in terms of like engine, and he just knows his stuff about like vehicles. So I brought him along to have a look at it um, for his recommendation on like, is it gonna fall apart a month after I buy it? And he was like, well, it's got a solid engine. It's only done eighty five. I think it was eighty thousand miles at the time which is nothing considering it's like 18 years old, this thing, I think, 17 years old, 2001 registration. Um, and he was like, personally, I wouldn't touch it. Not because it didn't work, because of the work they needed doing to it in terms of the rust and all this and the, and the tires and how much that was going to cost. So anyway, I went back to the company and I said, I am really interested in, I think it would be a great bus. I'm super interested, but I want new tires. I want this fixing. I want a, a full MOT on it before I buy it. 
um, which they said yes. I think they realised they were going to struggle to sell it to someone and they realised how enthusiastic I was and I think they wanted to sell it to somebody that was enthusiastic, that was going to love it and, and make use of the bus. So I said, okay, do all that. So anyway, they went away and did that, came back and he said, and I said, cool, let's crunch some numbers, let's, let's make the deal happen. And he said... Um, okay, how much, how much do you want to pay? And it was 12995 And I said, I want to put in 11 and a half. I want to, I want to buy it for 11 and a half. Uh, no, I think I said 11, actually, initially. 11,000 pounds. And then he was like, oh, I can't do it for that. And I said, okay, well, I'm being honest, the max I can go to is 11 and a half. <laughs> the most I can go to is 11 and a half. Um, and I could see on his face, he was like, oh, man, we've just done all this work. Um, but he, I mean, it wasn't coming out of his pocket. So anyway, he was still going to get his commission. So we said, yeah, 11 and a half, which is what I bought it for. Um, and then I spent, it's roughly three and a half on it. Uh, there's quite a lot of like recycled stuff. Like the most expensive, expensive thing was the floor, probably. It's the same flooring they use in Pret-a-Manger. Pret-a-Manger, Pret-a-Manger. Pret, as we call it in, in for sure, in the UK. Um, same kind of flooring as that. And I think um, it worked out about like £10 a metre was the most expensive thing. But bearing in mind that I think I only bought nine metres. So it was still under £100. So everything was like really cheap. Um, a lot of it's recycled things, uh, bits of wood. So like these bits of wood up here were like leftover from kitchens um, that my dad's company makes. So there were a lot of them were like the offcuts. Uh, the next most expensive thing was like the wall, the MDF for all the walls. And under the floor, when we did all the insulation, um, I literally had to strip down all the walls and I put um, on my own, like just putting huge insulation sheets in the walls in every nook and cranny, like cropping it up, uh, cutting it up with a saw and sticking it all on. And then we covered it all up with this, with this MDF that's on the wall now. Um, you guys will probably be able to see a bit of it uh, in the video. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's MDF, which we spray painted and we, and we, we um, oh, what's the word called? Basically, you put like a protection layer on um, and it's, it just makes it waterproof. It, it, it protects the wood, essentially, and it's easier to spray paint that. So that was the most expensive thing. But for Chiswood, the company that supplied the wood for, to do the job, um, I made them some promotional videos as like a trade off um, instead of instead of paying them. They gave me the materials and I made them some like promotional material for their brand and for their company, which is um, what this company now is. But I'll talk on that a little bit. Um, later um, so yeah that was the build in total it was about £15,000 um, which sounds like a lot of money um, if you don't have the money but I mean think about it for the whole project this is my house now I worked out it, what I was spending on my apartment in Leeds if I live in this for two and a half years it pays off what I would have spent on a flat for two, more, two and a half more years um, but instead of just paying rent and being having no home to show for it at the end of that two and a half years Obviously, I've, I've got a home. So for me, it was like a lot better way to spend money um, was to basically build this. Um, and in two and a half years, I will have saved the equivalent of what this bus cost, which is like an incredible way to think about it. And, and at the same time, I'm getting to put my home anywhere around the world, which is which is sick. So that's how we ended up to where we are now in terms of like the build. Um, if you do want any more info on that, um, maybe like anything specific, leave a question um, or just my best. I, my best advice is probably just go and check out the playlist that's on YouTube. I think that's the best one. So uh, the company made on the road. I wasn't expecting to set up a company, but as I went through the build, I was like, yeah, this isn't just a home and somewhere for me to travel, music, uh, travel with my music and writing. This should be 
an experience to share with other musicians, with other creatives, with, with videographers, photographers, people that like bloggers that just want to travel and, and see the world. Like I was like, I don't want to just have this to myself. I, I want to share it and I want to share the experiences. So set up off the back of it, made on the road. And that's, that's, and, and we now have like, we started a podcast. We've done loads of uh, video stuff for other companies. Like I was saying, this is, this is kind of what we do now. We're an audio and visual production company. Um, by that, it means we can do music. It means we can do sound. So like even just sticking mics up and recording interviews with people. Um, we can film stuff. When I get back from this trip, I'm upgrading cameras. So there's loads going on. I now have an employee, Jodie, who um, she deals with. Um, all the endorsements, all the sponsorships, um, tour management, um, all that kind of stuff, which is great. Um, it takes a lot of weight off my shoulders so I can just keep creating for you guys. And hopefully in the future, we'll have a bit more of a team. Like my dream is to actually have more than one bus. I want to have like a video production bus and a bus that's just purely like a, a space for studios to set up drums and stuff like that. Because at the minute we have to do all that kind of stuff outside for like drums and big instruments. So Made on the Road is now the company. Um, I wasn't expect, like I say, I wasn't expecting to make a company off the back of it, but yeah, it's so exciting. I'm so, so excited to bring, um, like, I'm directing a film in November for a guy called Dave Erasmus. Um, he's he's organised this tour that's a month long. We're going to Scotland, France, Spain, uh, and then back down to, like, Brighton area to basically talk, I guess, in the basics of it, is bringing creatives together and people that like community living. So um, he's a big believer in, like, living off the land, and um like building the like communities building these huts that you can like live in um but also he's like a creative himself so um the whole tour is going to have um talks and talks about social media and talks about um filmmakers and how to live off the land and community living like loads of loads of things that i think are really like um dominating the world at the minute like there's a huge movement in um living in vans and living on the move because everything's so expensive oh excuse me so, everything's so expensive um to do and and with brexit coming on um in the uk and how expensive things are going to be to like travel and stuff it's yeah it's an interesting like topic up for debate and actually in a bit this will lead me on to question number two from from um sue and from johnny um about how how it's going to be living in this bus and traveling like after brexit um and i can because brexit hasn't happened i can only really give like my opinions on um whichever way it goes and whatever comes out of it like how i'm going to deal with it because I, we, I don't think any of us really know how what's going to come out of brexit yet truly we know the worst case scenarios we know the the best case scenarios and we know everything in between but we don't know which way it's going to go as of yet we don't know what the eu are going to say back to us uh, long story short i'm going to put it out there this might be a bit controversial but like i don't think brexit should be happening at all and at this festival we've had i've spoken to so many people um mainly french people actually that are really interested like you know brexit what's going to happen like how do you think about it feel about it i just don't think i like to think that the eu is a symbol of um showing the world that we can actually like work together in like one um what's the word not community one just just network of people 
like I know the EU is all about health laws and safety laws and and all this as well as as like um yeah loads of like monetary stuff and stuff that I don't really take too much interest in my parents have always said you should take interest in it but um I see it very much um just about being one step closer to the world being one and that was the biggest reason I was really sad that Brexit Brexit happened was, or is happening is because I just feel like it's tearing us away from further away from a community of, of hopefully one day the world just actually at least sitting around the same table you know um before I get too into the Brexit thing I'm kind of I'm kind of already there but um Greta I hope that's like I hope that's a good insight into like where we're at now um, I guess I should really quickly say about what the future of Made on the Road is going to be uh, where I'm seeing it anyway um so uh in terms of a business we do we do work we film stuff and we record um interviews podcasts um uh, even if it's just like sound effects and sound design for the films and vi- visuals that we film. Um, we make content for brands, for companies. Um, a lot of the stuff doesn't go on to, a lot of the stuff you guys that are following on the YouTube won't ever see because it goes on to, you know, the, the brand's content, onto their, their social platforms, onto their websites. Um, so that's our um, that's our way of bringing money in, but we I don't like to accept too much work on that. Because if I do, it becomes less about the traveling and it just becomes then like um, just a functional work thing. So we're really lucky that with what we do, we can charge like um, a, a healthy amount of money that keeps us on the road. So, you know, one job every month or two months keeps us on the road and, and, and keeps enough money coming in that I can pay Jody a good amount uh, so that she can work for us. And hopefully as things grow, we can get bigger and better with that. Um, I don't want to go too much into like, the money side of things, but I, I, basically I don't want this this project made on the road to just be about bringing in as much money as possible. So although we do this brand work, I'd try and do like a healthy amount of it so that we can do the traveling and, and make the music, which sadly doesn't bring in that, that much money, but that's a whole different podcast. Um, leave a comment below if you want to hear. My, my thoughts and, uh, and um, opinions on like the music industry and money and what artists should be doing it's what I talk to artists about all the time so I I definitely could have a full hour-long episode of talking about different subjects to do with that um but the future in terms of like where my heart and soul are with with this project we've made on the road is that I want to take musicians and that don't normally get the chance to travel um haven't experienced cultures like Italy or France or Spain or whatever um that haven't had that opportunity and then take them to those places. And we have um, a good bit of time traveling, speaking to the locals, listening to what their music is. And then we come back into the bus and write with all those influences. I think it's, um, I just, I don't know. I just think it's a really exciting idea. It's a really, really cool adventure. And since I've been, I've been in Croatia for seven weeks now. And each time um, we've moved to a new location, I've basically had a new artists fly out from the UK so I've had five artists in total um this is our final week in Croatia uh, this is our final festival as well and next Monday what day are we today we're Wednesday today so I, I rec- I'm recording this a day before it comes out on YouTube and on the podcasts on Tuesday on um, uh, sorry Thursdays um so we go home next Monday so literally like five days left 
but we've got a full week. Um, myself and Marley, we're gonna we're gonna travel. Uh, Marley Hayes is the artist that we're performing with at this festival outlook. So um, we're travelling back over the course of a week. So we leave on Monday, and our Euro Tunnel trip um, into the UK is first thing on Sunday morning. So we'll be back home. Sunday evening, a week on Sunday, which is crazy. Um, I really can't believe it, two and a bit months will have flown by that quick. It's insane. But um, oh, I've gone off tangent now. I always do this. I should I should have like a little notes thing. In fact, I did write some notes. I've just completely ignored them and <laughs> um, put them on the floor and talk about. But the, yeah, the future of Maiden Road, that's, that's how I envisage it. And if I can do that with artists, um, but get sponsorships... Um, I had a meeting with this great, um, uh, she was, she was awesome. And basically she was a businesswoman that was talking about like, what you should do is if your fuel is always covered by work that you do. Did you accidentally summon me? <laughs> yes, Siri. I did. I'm sorry. I did summon you. Um, what she was suggesting was that like, get rid of your food bills. If food is a cost, then speak to uh, someone like Lidl and try and get them to pay for your, for your food. So that's what we're kind of doing now. Um, but by doing getting rid of those costs, it means that although the music industry doesn't pay too much um, for us to work like this, it means that our co costs are very low, so we can actually afford to get people on the bus for quite cheap, and then the sponsorships will pay for uh, the company's time to take them away. That's kind of the plan in the future to make one dream happen that doesn't bring in cash it's just about finding a different way to make the business survive off the back of it um, and for us that's sponsorships and it's great we've got Yamaha on board now Aston microphones are on board uh, I'm I've got some I've already had a couple of meetings but I've got a big meeting with Nord and Roly uh, in I think that's October I've got quite a lot of meetings in October when we get back uh, to like get ready to do uh, go to London and have these meetings and, and then hopefully we'll just the more endorsements we get the more I can actually afford to take musicians uh, it doesn't have to be abroad it can be in, within the UK but take musicians on the road to write and produce and um, just experience different cultures and do really cool things so that's kind of the that's kind of the future and the plan of Made on the Road um, really exciting i'm going to talk about brexit but very quickly for you guys on the podcast i am filming this and my camera's just about to stop so bear with me five seconds there you go even got some interval music oh guys i feel i feel a bit tired i feel a bit knackered it's been so hot and um it's been so noisy at these festivals it's been really hard to get like your head down properly there's a um it, at night time here the music stops from like the campsite like people aren't allowed to play music after 12 but um over over the water on the distance there's a stage that the locals have put up as like a protest um against this festival because this festival don't book croatian acts not intentionally they just bring over acts from the uk because that's the market people want to hear but um so in protest they've set up this massive stage and of course they don't have sound laws over here or anything and they absolutely blast the music out so uh, i mean they kind of win in some senses because people that come back from the festival here at night and they want to carry on partying at like 6 a.m go over to that stage and that stage goes on to like 9 10 11 in the morning like it's, it's been different every morning in fact this morning it wasn't even on at like six seven o'clock when we first woke up it was just silent we were like yes <laughs> so um yeah feeling a bit feeling a bit drained and tired we actually just went to get our wristbands as well for outlook festival 
um, the artist bands, and it took so because they put Marley down, but they hadn't put down her band at all. So we managed to find a friend that we know works here, and, and uh, she laid in a little bit. Let's say <laughs> she laid in and laid down the rules and uh, laid down the law, and she sorted us out. But it took a long time, so we were stood in the heat with like no water. Feeling a bit tired, but um, enjoying chatting to you guys nonetheless. So I guess um, let's touch on Brexit. I already explained a little bit about what's going on, but one of the questions from Sue and Johnny um, was, how are you going to essentially, how are you going to afford to stay on the road um, and what are you going to do about Brexit when it happens? Because one of the biggest things that's going to change is going to be... Um, <laughs> Because we're not going to be in the EU, every time we cross over a border, we're going to have so much more paperwork to do. Um, it's like when you travel to a, another country and you've got to get like visas, and um, it's just a lot more costly because obviously visas cost as well. I imagine there's going to be costs for paperwork, and you're going to have to, in some countries, get um, like certain travel passes, and especially in a bus like this, I imagine there's going to be loads of tax charges, and it's going to be expensive. Um, I guess the long and short of it and what I'm thinking towards it is it, if it's going to be, it's going to be. Um, the ways that it's going to affect me is mainly just financially. Um, I can't imagine there's going to be big problems getting into countries. Um, I mean, if I'm working, then yes, but I guess one of the loop, sneaky loopholes that we have is that this is a motor it looks like a camper it looks like a motorhome so if we're just dipping in and out and traveling around even if i've got musicians on board it's just a holiday it's a vacation and um, because we're writing music um that's just like a bonus it's just like oh yeah it's what we do like it, we're just traveling and, and exploring the country so there will be loopholes um like lawful loopholes that you can that we'll be able to get through i'm sure but i don't want to let it get to me too much you know like if if it's going to cost more money I guess we've just got to up our prices for our sponsors to cover that cost. Um, but I can't let it get to me in terms of like, right, I'm just not going to travel. There's no point protesting. And I kind of think, I don't just think about this for like Europe and, and Brexit and the way things are going like that. I actually think like in life in general, this is it's kind of one reason why I don't get upset about taxes when taxes change and all this and all that. Because at the end of the day, I'm just grateful that I can travel. And I'm just grateful that any of us have the privileges that we get in the first world countries. Um, Marley and myself went to this uh, aquarium yesterday that had um, like rescue turtles. And on the walls, like near where they are, it talks about like all the rubbish in the sea and the pollution, um, how much water we're using up. And it's something like only less than 1% of the earth's water you can drink. But then, the air, uh, but then only a third of the world's population have access daily to drinking water. So what's that like? 0.3% of the world actually have access to drinking water. Uh, sorry, 0.3% of the world's water supplies are in areas that people have easy access to. I think that makes sense. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, so I kind of just look at Brexit as just like, it's like first world problems, you know? Like... I know that's. Um, I know I'm very wrong in saying that, and I know that's uh, a very controversial, controversial thing to say. But like, I can't be annoyed of it because I realise how privileged I am to be able to um, travel the world in this bus in the first place. 
So adding the extra costs of like Europe and stuff, yeah, it's going to suck. As a business, it's going to make things a lot harder. Um, but it's just it's just something that's changed. It's just something something that I'm going to have to like find a way around, I guess. Um, so the initial costs that are going to change are things like travel visas, um, taxes into and out of different countries. Uh, so for for example, like France, I think are in twenty. I want to say it's twenty twenty. Oh, no, maybe it's much further than that, 2040. Um, like, they, I think it's got to be 2040. They basically are going to aim to have no, like, diesel vehicles um, in the country. But I'd be very surprised if they managed to make it a thing where, like, they literally don't allow diesel con- vehicles into the country because how am I going to get to the from the UK to Croatia or from the UK to the other side of Europe? Like, there must be some kind of loopholes Um because not everybody can afford to change their car and people need to travel and think about how many lorries are diesel. I mean, unless Tesla are planning on taking over the world in the next 15 years so that every company, every company has like electric lorries, it's just not going to happen. So, um, yeah, like taxes and... Um, what's the other word for taxes? Just costs. Costs of taking the bus abroad are going to be like mega different. They're going to be more expensive. Um, that's the main way it's going to change. I think like individually, like travel visas as well. If I'm, I'm going to be limited to how long I can stay stay in a country for. Um, it's like when you go to Canada, for example, they're really strict on like visas for working. It's going to just be a lot more like that. So if I do want to go away and take an artist on a tour in in Europe for like. I don't know, six months, four months, maybe even as low as like two or three months, um, I'm probably going to have to apply for a visa. But then the thing that's awkward about that is everybody else is going to have to apply for a visa. So it may be that we organise this whole tour and then somebody gets denied a visa um, and, you know, we've then got to like scramble to get someone else in or we're going to have to... um, I hope it's not windy. There's a bit of wind coming in. I'm going to do this briefly. Um, Oh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, just about like getting people. Sorry, guys, I'm just going to close the door slightly. Just worried about that breeze, you know. Hopefully, that's all right. Um, yeah, like there's going to be visa problems. It's like um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Long Way Round. I think it's called the Ewan McGregor like trip. Um, they went from the UK to America, um, and they but they did it through Russia, which is like the 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 only way you can do it really like via land and then there's like a short ferry at the end um, by going through like Russia in that way and they were on the border for like 12 hours trying to get visas into Russia I hope it never gets that extreme like after Brexit to like get um, visas and get permission to come into a country but like you never know it could be that difficult to get into a country and that scares me a little bit because I mean UK is great I really, un- I think most of us that live in the UK underestimate how much we've got there. I mean, you've got Scotland on your doorstep, which is like Yosemite in America, or it's like national parks here in Croatia. Like, there, it's so beautiful. Um, yeah, the weather's not quite as good as Croatia or Yosemite, but it's so beautiful. Um, and yet, we've got places like that all over the world. We've got like Wales. Wales has some beautiful places to go camping in and, and go into the, into nature and write music and stuff like that. We also have great cities. So. You know, if it became really expensive as a business and we've just got to, like, home it to the UK, then, you know, that's fine. But I think I've got to just suck up the fact that these, like, these things are going to change. These costs are going to change. And, 
Yeah, it's 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 a really tough question to actually answer because at the minute I don't know exactly what is going to change other than um, paperwork and stuff like that is going to be a lot more of a hassle and it's going to be a lot more expensive. Um, but I think you've just got to look at it as like, that's it. That's that's just the change that's going to happen um, for all of us in the UK. don't know what the deal is going to be. I know there was talk literally like last week um, about whether or not it's even going to go through. Like because there was some like unlawful stuff going on in terms of like how they were promoting each side of the 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 debate but i i thought that that couldn't i don't know I, if any of you guys know like whether or not it is possible that brexit will will not happen and will actually stay in the eu um if you actually know could you please leave a comment um because or just get in touch via like instagram because i'd be really interested to know and it'd be really great to share that news on here with with anybody else because if there's any musicians that listen to these podcasts or watch these podcasts i bet it'll be really helpful to to everyone actually um to know that there might be a chance that it doesn't go through but i think i think actually the most important thing is to assume that it's going to go through assume the worst to like get our head around it now and then if it doesn't go through that's a bonus but yeah i am interested to know if there's a possibility that it won't go through because i just hear so many different um so many different opinions on it so um, that's my two cents on how I'm personally going to look at it if it changes. Yeah, it's going to be more expensive, but just gotta just gotta suck it up and and to deal with it. Yeah, the short answer is I just need to work on more sponsorships or work on on creating a product that people just are willing to pay a bit more for. I don't know how to do that yet. Um, hopefully this will be enough and people will understand that Brexit happens and the costs are just going to go up. But I do find it crazy that when everyone was voting for Brexit and um, how things were kind of going, that they didn't think costs were going to go up. Um, people's wages, they pe- so many people don't get bonuses now in the last year because they companies can't afford to because the costs of everything have gone up already and Bre- Brexit hasn't even properly gone through. Um, my parents certainly have that situation um, with their staff is just like it's really difficult because, and this is this is the same with so many companies because costs have gone up so much obviously the the cost to run that business has gone up as well so um, and that's going to be exactly the same for us um, I think we're lucky though because I think there will be some loopholes in terms of like if we're traveling and we are on vacation and we are writing music just on vacation because it's not like a job that's necessarily paying bills um, then I think we could I think we can get through a loophole just with that. Um, I mean, we are essentially a camper van. <laughs> That's how everyone sees us. So I'm really interested. I'm not nervous because what will be will be. Um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Um, put your put your predictions like down below on what you think will happen for, for creatives, um, even just for people that want to travel. Um, in the EU that are from the UK um, I don't know what the thing, what it's going to be like on the reverse though like people coming into the UK are they going to have to like pay I don't really know um, leave that as a comment as well that'd be interesting to know I've not actually thought about it from the other shoe like surely not surely people coming into the UK I don't I really don't know I really don't know I've not thought about that um Anyway, I'm going to round off this week's episode. Uh, I think it's been about 45 minutes, which is good. That's what, we, that's what we're aiming for. Um, I hope this has been interesting for you. Let me know how in-depth you want me to go with like these conversations and like things that we're doing and things that like um, you want to hear me talk about. I don't know if you want to hear me talk about the more serious stuff or whether you want to hear me talk about um, 
the travels. I just enjoy talking about the travels and just having a bit of a catch up to Bannis and answering your questions. I hope you find it interesting, like an insight into what it's like. I want to be really open with these, like about costs, laying all the money on the table, laying all the business ideas on the table. Well, not the ideas, but (laughs) I've got plenty of ideas cooking. Um, But laying laying down all the behind the scenes stuff that's in motion, because I think it's um, to, to you guys. I want a lot of people to set up their own thing, you know, I think setting up your own thing is a great way to express yourself i think setting up your own thing is a great way to um what's the word like just fund your own lifestyle be your own boss everyone can do it man i'm just a very ordinary guy that's been on youtube learning how to tile um that that just worked and saved and spent money rather than going out and spending it on drinks and alcohol and meals out spent it on buying myself a bus and um, if you haven't seen the last episode, I talk about like the costs of living in this thing. And essentially, if I was to be like really, really tight, uh, just just do my bare basics on like a bit of fuel for traveling and food, it costs like you could make it work for like five to six thousand pound a year, which is half of minimum wage in the UK. And um, if people are struggling in the UK on on, on twelve just over 12 grand or I think that's the I think that's minimum wage I didn't do my research on that before I don't think I'll be talking about it but um, you know minimum wage is like a is is like almost pretty much double what this is to live Um, and it's it's traveling I'm living on beaches and in a bus so like anybody that thinks they can't do it like trust me you can I am nothing special in this situation I am literally just motivated I guess is my is my currency motivation um, but honestly, it's doable. If you guys wanted to live in a van, obviously it doesn't have to be this extreme. Um, it could be a van, convert a van. I've seen so many wicked van builds on this trip. Get a van or just get your car and put a tent in it if you're willing to go like that and just eat, eat cheaply. You know, go to the markets here. The, f- the fruit and the vegetables are incredible out here, but you can do it. Trust me, you can do it. If you're struggling for money, put yourself in a situation where you're not struggling for money and, and get experiences out of it as well. I mean, this summer I've been, I will have been away for like just over two months and it will have cost me like practically nothing. Um, fuels being covered by festivals. Um, so really all I'm spending on is, is food, drink and good times, anything I want to go and see, anything I want to go do. So my cost living out here is, is under a thousand pound for two and a bit months, um, which is right on track for the, you know, the five, six thousand pound a year budget. And yet I've had the, the time of my life. I've gained a tan. <laughs> my office has changed pretty much every day. My views for my office have changed every day. And I've actually been more creative than ever. It's been great for headspace, like unbelievable for headspace. And Marley needs to come and blow her nose. So you can come blow your nose. Well, I'm talking about you, so you don't have to stay quiet. <laughs> um, I'm rounding up now in a minute. Um, yeah, like I just want you guys to know that anybody can do it. Honestly, um, ordinary guy currently sat in Croatia at a festival, um, making a podcast for you guys. And um, the love, the love that's come back from the podcast has been amazing. Um, if there's any way I can help you with um, ideas on what you could do, whether you're a blooming carpenter, whether you make necklaces, whether you are a musician, whether you are a photographer or a videographer by doing this like living on the road i have so many ideas on how you could do it and survive and make money and make it a lifestyle even if you didn't want to live on the road just 
let me know. I'm I'm more than happy to like get on Skype and have an hour long conversation with you, just to throw some ideas at you on how you could do it. Um, it's really, 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 really doable. And actually, being out here um, has made me realise how much more doable it is. So whatever you do, there will be a way to make it work. Um, if you're interested in how it could potentially work for you, just get in touch um, at madeontheroad.co.uk. Uh, yeah at Made on the Road UK on Instagram. Um, we've got a new website that's up where you can actually c- come in and do like a 3D virtual tour of the bus. It's really sick. Go and check it out. Madeontheroad.co.uk. Um, check that out. If you're not following and subscribe to this channel already, make sure you do. If you're listening over on um, any podcast streaming service, please leave us a review. Like we're super new. Um, sh- if you have the time to like share it and um, put it out there to your friends, about um, what we do just literally just go and message one friend it will really 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 help us I've been speaking to a few people on Reddit on how to like get this podcast out there as a brand new podcast and like cut through the noise Um, and that's one of the main things people said like get people to leave reviews so that Apple and Spotify know that it's something that people are interested in and um, to go and share it about so if you believe in what we do please go share it and um, I will see you guys on I'll see you guys on Sunday for a in, an, 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 an interview um, podcast. Last week's one was with Isaac Tyler. It was really fun. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. Um, next week is probably going to be with a guy called Damien Keys. He is um, a businessman and a music industry businessman. Um, very insightful. Great interview. The sound quality is not that great. I'm really, really sorry about that. Like It's, it's a good quality, but it sounds a bit distant. Um, I didn't really set up the mics properly because I was very new to podcasting at that stage. But it's all about the content um, that's important to you guys. Wow. <laughs> Right, guys, I'm going to love you and leave you. Thank you for watching, and I will see you uh, next week. Look after each other, and remember, never stop creating. This is Made on the Road. This is made.